Hey everybody, today we have Tom Chafin, who is another person who uh, wanted to come to the podcast and uh, speak about the Junior UX designer experience uh, from uh, my tweet. Uh, I spoke to uh, Libby uh, two days ago, and uh, today I'm going to be uh, speaking with Tom, and his story is very fascinating. Uh, so without further ado, uh, Tom, uh, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for uh, coming, and uh, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, hey, thanks for having me. Uh, really excited about uh, being on. Um, a little, just a little bit you know, personally about myself. Uh, live in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. It's near uh, Philadelphia uh, with my girlfriend, two dogs. Uh, I'm going to be 43 at the end of the month, which is kind of crazy because then I think I have a 10-year-old boy as well. I'm like, oh my goodness, time is flying. Um, so, And I've been doing uh, UX for about three years now. So that's all us personally. And, and I, uh, you know, love to play music. Uh, picked up the guitar a couple years ago and uh, drummer by trade, but uh, guitars are easier to carry around for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that, that's for sure. And speaking of guitars, I actually I wanted to play guitar my entire life. Uh-huh. I had a um, friend who uh, tried to teach me uh, a little bit. We met with her a few times. She showed me a few, you know, things on the guitar. I kind of followed a little bit, but then uh, she had to leave the country, and uh, I kind of got, uh, you know. Uh, there's no way I'm gonna do that on my own. But then yeah. a few months ago, I finally decided to buy a guitar on Amazon, like a Yamaha for like hundred bucks, which is a pretty good guitar, and yeah. uh, try to uh, play with that. And but now my kid, you know, plays with that a lot more often than I do. So uh, there's nobody to teach me. So but, it's uh, well, it's it's being you. Well, maybe your kid can teach you. Uh, I mean, there's, yeah, there's if he learns that. it, if he learns it faster than I do, then yeah. uh, that would probably be a good idea. So, yeah, yeah. So, I tell you what, it was a, it's a, it's a process. I think like anything else, um, you either want to do it or you don't. And um, I just being, I've played in bands and things like that, so I've been around musicians uh, for quite a bit. And you, you watch people play, and you look, you know, see your favorite artists play, and. Um, like I said, it's easier for me to grab a guitar by the couch and try to do some things. And I just look online and see how people are playing and um, try to pick things up. So it's been it's been actually uh, I turned a corner, I think, in the last couple months where I can actually play songs and get through them. So it's good. Awesome. So uh, why don't you tell us your story about, you know, what you did before, uh, why you decided to uh, transition to UX and uh, where you are right now? Yeah. Um, my role before getting into UX, I actually uh, had a couple of things happen in life. Uh, they're not the greatest things, but I had to, I kind of went back home to my hometown and uh, kind of hit the reset button. Um, I thought a lot about what I was doing. At the same time, I got a job with a friend of mine who owns a landscaping business, um, which was fun. It's a lot of outdoor work, but you, you know, being outside is great. And uh, I started thinking about what I actually wanted to be when I grew up. <laughs> this was about when I was 40, so three year, almost three years ago. And um, I started looking back on everything I've done in my career, uh, whether it be retail sales, um, uh, customer service, uh, client services, things like that. And 
I actually look back at one of the jobs I had, and we had uh, – Gannett was the, um, the company that owned the company I worked for, and they had this incubation project every year where they put out some subject, subject matter, and you would try to produce a product based on that. So we pitched as a four-person team. We pitched um, our product, and we got – out of 10 other teams, we got $25,000 to develop it even more. And this was back in 2014-ish. And oh. so I look back at that. And that was my first introduction to like UX design thinking, things like that. I just, I didn't know it though at the time. So when I hit this reset button at home and I'm doing the landscaping and, and a lot of thought and um, preparation to kind of move forward in my life, I, I looked at it and I'm like, man, that was really fun. It was really hard, but it was really fun. And I also had a friend that was in UX. And so I'm like, I asked, started asking him questions and I started researching UX and what it was. And I'm like, yeah, that sounds perfect for me. Um, so I kind of jumped and it, I didn't jump in until I heard, I don't know if you've ever heard of Steve Harvey. He's a comedian, has a talk show. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. yep. Uh, <clears throat> I ran across a video of him talking about fear and making the jump. Um, and he used the analogy of sometimes when you get to the cliff and you're afraid to do something, you get to this cliff and you just uh, you don't know whether to do it or not. You don't know whether to jump. And then you see these people gliding by in their parachutes and they're like, well, if they jumped and they're doing OK, maybe I can do the same. Um, and it just kind of inspired me to just take the leap and say, you know what, I'm going to do this. I'm going to get online and I'm going to learn this thing and not look back. So um, that's how I got into it. And uh, moved back to Lancaster and just been learning ever since. So that uh, the project in 2014, I'm just trying to kind of reconcile the timeline. Yeah. Uh, was that after you moved to Lancaster or before? That was, I was in Lancaster at the time. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. I was in gotcha. Lancaster at the time. And yeah, the timeline jumps a lot. I've been, uh, you know, back and forth uh, it, it, within the state from my hometown to Lancaster now. And but yeah, that that project, it, we were in it for like four or five months and we had to pitch it and we had to reiterate and all that, all the design thinking things that you do, all the process. Um, I look back at that. I'm like, that was the jump start. I just didn't know it yet. It was kind of it was kind of a good reflection for sure. And so this project, this product, was that a digital product or some physical product? Yeah, it was a digital app. Um, okay. It was the the product the um, the premise of it was a hyperlocal app to deliver uh, information to people in uh, smaller towns, smaller markets. So we're going to help the business promote their products, their the restaurants, the um, the outings, all they had with people coming into their town or even live in their town. Mm -hmm. So. Um, yeah, it was it was a quite the experience with four people. I'll I'll never forget it. Um, it was like the best time of my life and the hardest uh, career-wise because we had to go through a lot. And uh, yeah, it was really rewarding. We didn't win at the end, but mm -hmm. it's okay. Oh, you have no idea how many times I tried to you know compete and got to the first round, but never really got to the last one. So <laughs> uh, that that's absolutely fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was grateful. I was grateful. Yeah, I was grateful to be able to actually deliver the the pitch, and and uh, we were both we were all just happy to be there. You know, I think that was a win no matter what. 
so your role in this project, what was your contribution? Because you were just starting in the UX. Uh, did you already have a knowledge of some, you know, Sketch or Figma or, you know, Zeppelin Envision type of tools? Or uh, how did you contribute? Not one bit. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I was, in, I, I was in client services. So I was on the business development and strategy part of it. Okay. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of strategy involved, you know, the marketing um, and design pieces too. But we had a designer on the team, um, a trained designer. So again, to to clarify, like I didn't know what UX was. It was just the process that we went through to develop this product that I remembered, and I said, "Wow, that was fun. I enjoyed it. It was hard. Um, I want to do that. That's what I want to do." And it was it was it was like I I found UX and I didn't know what it was kind of thing okay and so um you mentioned in our notes that uh, you took some online courses and you are uh, doing some udemy courses online too um any uh, comments on that in terms of uh, whether those courses are good or you know not so efficient and uh, is there any other uh, education or training that you're doing yeah, I think uh, education and, it, and you got to take anything with a grain of salt um, and, and what you put into it is what you're going to get out of it. The online, I'm grateful for the online uh, experience because it, it, it introduced me to a lot of different aspects of UX that I didn't know about. You know, the information architecture, the uh, the research, the, the part of the visual design, things like that. Um, I've learned more on my own, I think though, because I'm, I can now start to target the things I like to do. You know, the, the online course gave me the broad overview of everything. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's where a UX generalist comes in, where I don't know, I don't want to be a UX generalist. My background is not graphic design. I'm not, a, I don't have a design background. So the strategy and the research part of that is what I've taken away from that from that course and started to then uh, almost personalize my education because of what I can pick and choose from what I see online. Like Udemy courses, the brief overview, uh, Joe Natoli has one that I'm uh, in the middle of right now that um, is great because it's kind of a no-nonsense approach to UX in my mind. Uh, So um, yeah, you kind of get what you put into a, an online course. Uh, a lot of people do ask me about that. And I say, if you feel like you want to get a foundation, then that's a way to go. But there are so many different paths into UX that you don't necessarily have to take uh, an online course, like a, like a, a general assembly or springboard or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to be sure that this is what you want to do. Do your research about the program. Do your research about the mentors they have. Do the research about, um, they might offer you like, hey, we'll get you a job within six months. Well, is that really true? You know, talk to other people that uh, that have gone through the course and what their experience was like. So I get a lot of questions like that. Hey, what was your experience? Or did you like it? Or do you think that I should do this? And uh, I just kind of say, it gave me a foundation. That's what I can give them. That's the information I can give them. So but as far as me going forward, I, it's the main reason I got into UX is because it is a constant learning thing. Technologies change. People change their behaviors. Uh, people change uh, how they think, um, what they do. 
And uh, I think it's going to be a constant uh, change in environment that we have. Um, you know, AIs coming in, voices uh, on the rise, and uh, we didn't have that in like 2000. Mm-hmm. So things are things are moving quickly, and I think the UX industry is moving quickly too and changing rapidly. Yeah, I can totally agree with that. Um, the technology and the UX uh, is impacting the behavior and the perceptions of uh, people. Like, you know, there are some icons, some commands are so, uh, you know, commonplace these days that if you show the user something else, they will be confused. Even if the other icon makes, you know, more sense visually, we are so used to all those existing shapes. Like, you know, I I really don't know how much longer we will have to look at this uh, floppy disk save button across applications. Uh, Because, you know, at this point, it's kind of ridiculous. I mean, all of us who are older, we do remember what that means. But Mm -hmm. imagine like a 15-year-old, they never held one in their hand. They don't know what that is. And uh, this icon makes no sense whatsoever. Like if you have not ever seen floppy disk in real life, you look at this floppy disk icon, you literally have no idea what that is. Like there is no association that you would uh, tie that to in your head if you've never seen the physical object. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And I think I I should probably take – into consideration my 10 year old son you know he he's never seen one of those <laughs> oh, sure. and i should probably talk to him more about <laughs> how he gets through some of the stuff that he gets through so yeah that's yeah. a good point good point cool so uh now you uh work or you're freelancing what's your situation yeah i mean technically uh freelancing uh i don't have any projects at the moment i, I changed i kind of pivoted after the last project and said you know i really like to work in a company environment um i while freelancing is uh freeing it kind of frees you up on some stuff uh i work better uh, in a team uh, mm-hmm. i work better with uh, other people around more i think uh two heads are better than one and type of mindset um so I kind of pivoted, uh, redid a portfolio and decided to branch out and try to get a job uh, with a company, with an agency, things like that. So uh, still in that process. Um, I'm not opposed to grabbing some projects, but I kind of got away from pushing the freelance thing right now. So, mm-hmm. yeah, kind of in transition. So if you uh, could get your perfect job today because you said you know you're not a graphics designer you're more of a strategy and research what would that uh, ideal position would look like for you um it looks like the in a bigger company um i just had a interview in december for a company that was it's pretty big and doing a lot of great things uh for it was a ux strategist position um unfortunately i didn't get that job i just found out last week but um, that's okay because what they were looking for was what I was excited about. And they were looking for like, Hey, we want insight on, um, what we're trying to do and we want ideas on how to do it. And we want people to, um, deliver a UX message to all the stakeholders and even uh, upper management and things like that. So, um, they were really transforming in the way they were thinking and doing things, which, got me excited about that because I wanted to be in that position where my input um, 
was going to spur an idea or it was going to uh, validate what they already have done or maybe change the way they have done some things. Because I think that a lot of times people will do a process and they'll continue to do that process. But I think process has to change within projects. And I think that, you know, uh, with what they were doing, it was uh, exciting. It was going to be open. It was going to be an open kind of field that I had to to, to work with. So, um yeah, I think that would be the perfect thing where they're they're just open to new ideas and open to um, somebody coming in with a fresh fresh set of eyes and ears. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So basically, if uh, if uh, if we talk about the range of positions that you are considering, they will need to evolve around that UX strategist core um, or UX researcher. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it starts with research, though. I mean, I think those are more uh, prominent jobs out there now. The UX strategists, I don't see many of those, uh, although I've seen a few lately, but they're not as, they're few and far between, I guess I should, should say, um, because, yeah, I mean, you have a content strategist. Is that not UX? I think it is. I think it's part of it. <laughs> I know? And yeah, content is yeah, content is, is a huge part of UX. There's mm-hmm. a lot of copywriting. Copywriting. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's part of it too. So, what does the UX strategist actually do? Is are they the umbrella uh, above content and uh, UX writing, copywriting, or are they in the mix of all those people? So. Um, but yeah, I think the research and how you go about that is is the bigger thing. How you find out information. So speaking of uh, things like uh, content strategist and what that means, uh, you know, from my own experience, I learned that we kind of have to, you know, adapt and tweak ourselves to fit the. Uh, the need uh, that the description, if you will, or like, you know, to fit the shape, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, which means that when uh, people post a position like content strategist, uh, they may not necessarily have that kind of uh, discussion in their heads, right? Like, is it UX? Is it not UX? So what, what does that mean, right? Mm-hmm. They they probably worked with the hiring manager or if the hiring manager is uh, posting that themselves, um, we just need a person who will, you know, write good content for us, or they will work with the people who write it. And I mean, depending on the description of the job that you read, uh, and then they will kind of, you know, edit it, kind of like an editor type of role uh, or you know, content manager. So uh, we we really need to clearly understand what they are looking for. And mm-hmm. uh, for first of all, based on the description, I think description should always be uh, enough for you to understand whether you want to do something like this or not. And then if you do want to do something like this, like, you know, let's say you liked uh, the description of this content strategist, you then kind of take a look at your resume and then uh, stand in the place of the hiring manager or the recruiter and say, if I look at this resume, based on the description of this content strategist position, will this resume make sense or be appealing or, you know, things like that. So Mm -hmm. I I think, you know, you you kind of start with job descriptions because uh, people who hire, they 
just you know they want to solve the problem that they have they if they need somebody who will uh write good content on their website then they are just hiring the person who will just just for that and uh, they probably don't have time to uh sit in you know have all those philosophical thoughts whether it's ux or whether that person will contribute to my ux team will they work together with them or they will be kind of like a one-man band uh so they they just trying to solve a problem they put the best description out that they could so you kind of take that description uh at the you know flat value or you know whatever that expression is for face value yeah and and then you basically decide for yourself whether you want to do it or not. And then you really need to work with your resume. Uh, in my experience, uh, almost, you know, when I was not sure of uh, like, you know, w- w- what I want to do, like, you know, business analyst or some kind of strategy consultant or management consultant, like uh, the early career experience that I had, or, you know, something else. Uh, even I, I had some UX designer thoughts too, which mm-hmm. I quickly realized that is just not my thing. I like to kind of, you know, manage the product. Um, I used to tweak my resume uh, pretty much daily uh, as I apply to all kinds of position, you know, from product owner to business analyst to, uh, you know, something else, uh, some kind of other analysts. Uh, and uh, because unfortunately, uh, un- unfortunately, uh, we have to play by the system's rules, and yeah. uh, uh, but you just need to get the foot in the door, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. if if you believe that you know you you read this content strategist uh, description, and you think you know it's not really what I want to do long term. But then you kind of quickly understand that, you know, if you get your foot in the door through this position and if you are able to tweak your resume enough to uh, be appealing to this uh, to these people, then it yeah. will get your foot in the door. And obviously, you can also ask questions at the interview as well to learn more about uh, what that position is and uh, what opportunities it may lead to in the future. So I think it's uh, an approach like this where uh i mean i i hate the system uh all twitter ux community you know every single person there hates the system yeah but yeah. unfortunately they're the one who have the money and uh, yeah. you know, the job and everything so uh and they have their own rules and uh, unless you you know start your own agency and uh, look for clients and then obviously you have uh, that level of independence and uh, things like that you just have to kind of mold yourself to uh, or i mean shape yourself to fit the mold um, right. because you know imagine those hiring people they get 10 resumes right one guy has uh 10 years of content strategy and one yeah. guy has either zero or one or something like that right so you really need to kind of get into their shoes and uh, see whether you know your resume has a chance or something like that so so it's kind of a comprehensive analysis of uh what you want to do in five years, kind of take it as a North Star. I mentioned that with uh, Libby. And uh, and then that will kind of help you, you know, at least find that path. And then you kind of become passionate about that path. And um, you, you start kind of getting at it, no, no matter how long it takes. Uh, but you kind yeah. of, you know. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, you just, it, there's something about being um, open to, you uh, what life kind of throws at you almost being vulnerable to uh the job descriptions and 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 things like that 
Um, you, you do have, they, they are the gatekeepers, um, unfortunately. Uh, but I think that we have, uh, as, as people going into the, into the industry or job searching, uh, we do have some control over what we can do and what we can find and how we get in there. Um, just throwing out resumes and, and, and applications isn't always the way because a lot of these job descriptions, like you said, like look at the job description and say, you know what, I don't, I, I'm not, if they're, they're looking for 70% visual design, that's not me. There's no reason for me to even keep reading after I read that or even looking into that, um, that job. Maybe the company I can look more into and see if they have anything else uh, besides the visual design. Um, but it takes, a, it takes a little bit of work on our part to, like you said, you got to readjust your resume, readjust the portfolio, readjust your uh, delivery of who you are, your, you know, your ultimate st you know, story and, and the ending that you want. So, yeah, it's a good point. It's a good point. We, we can do we can do our, our, our part and then uh, move forward with that for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's a good word that you said, the gatekeepers. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, like, for example, I look at Apple and they have so many opportunities to make their products better. There's just so many stupid stuff that they uh, design <laughs> into their, you know, iOS or things like that. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, if I, if I only had an opportunity to get face to face with Tim Cook and say, here's how I can help you make your products better and add value to Apple and, you know, make your hundreds of millions of, or maybe billions at this point, uh, customers, you know, super happy. Uh, maybe I would have had a chance to be hired directly by him, you know, although yeah. he may have the corporate constraints too. There's the process, right? You cannot just kind of, sure. you know, grab, sure. grab, fire whoever you want. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, unfortunately, I don't think I really stand a chance uh, by applying directly to Apple, right? You know, I I, I can try that. Uh, I think I've tried it before just for the hell of it, uh, but obviously it didn't go anywhere. So yeah, yeah. those gatekeepers who receive, uh, I mean, the bigger the company, the more resumes they receive per position. Uh, that's unfortunately who we have to deal with. And somehow we need to uh, be able to appeal to them and uh, yeah. at least score an interview and you know that's when you have uh, more chances to kind of prove your passion and things like that but uh, yeah, yeah th that that's a good uh, word the gatekeeper, uh, the gatekeeper that you kind of yeah. have to play by the rules it, it also i think it also you know you gotta as a job uh seeker you gotta you gotta be self-aware you know um almost be humble in who you are like you can't do it all. Nobody's, I, there's no such thing as unicorn. I, I, I can't, I know I can't do it all. I know I'm not the greatest at, at visual design. Um, am I going to keep practicing it? Yeah, I'm going to keep practicing it. It doesn't mean I'm not going to try to not try to do it. Um, but we have to be self-aware of like who we are, what we want, and what the, that what's the whole big picture look like. Um, and uh, you, you said something about the problems they might have. And I, I find that interesting because um, a lot of times when I talk to people, they don't actually know what the problem is. They might think they know, but when you start asking them questions in different situations, you kind of dig deeper into the problem and like find the root problem. I think that's fascinating when you start talking to people about, okay, so what's your problem? Oh, we don't get enough sales on uh, our website. 
Well, is that really the problem or do we have to look a little bit deeper into maybe the messaging or the branding or anything like that? So, um, you know, a lot of these descriptions, these job descriptions are pretty um, general cookie cutter. Mm -hmm. uh, and I and I I kind of wave past those because they're the same ones every time. It seems like it's the same thing. And then I, every once in a while, I'll run into a very interesting one where it's actually specific of what they want. And that's a, uh, it's a little bit more, I gravitate toward that a little bit more. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Anyway, we went off on a tangent on that one. So that's cool. Yeah. And uh, speaking of uh, generic uh, descriptions, I mean, if you at least like it at the high level, uh, you may, you know, put some deeper thoughts into the cover letter, right? I, I really don't know... Uh, what the statistics are you know do they even look at them uh, do they consider them uh like you know if the cover letter is good but the resume is not will they at least talk to you or you know the other way around so i don't know any statistics uh there are multiple articles you know about cover letters and things like that online but um uh, that's uh, another opportunity for you to kind of throw in a couple of sentences or a couple of paragraphs and say you know my I like your position or something like, you know, my resume may not fully reflect uh, the depth, you know, of what you're looking for, but, you know, here's what I can, uh, here's the value that I can add. Because at the end of the day, the companies hire you to uh, solve, e either remove a negative or add a positive, right? right. Uh, right. And you kind of based on that description, of that uh, position and by doing some quick research about the company about the product like you know browser website browser app and things like that uh you can say you know here's opportunities that i can see uh like you know that that screen is not intuitive uh i would i would be interested to know the data behind like you know are people abandoning the cart at this point or something like that right. like you know those, those kind of detailed um, so first of all they will know that you uh, did uh, the research you're interested you're offering a potential solution whether it's you know right or wrong uh, right. but uh at, at least you are trying to position yourself as not just a uh, passive applicant who uh is you know shopping around the you know job market or something but you are specifically interested in this company you are offering a potential solution which obviously proves uh, a lot of factors about you like you know you 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 can do the research you can um, articulate your thoughts you can uh, sell yourself uh, or your skills like you know here's how i can add your value uh, add value to you uh, mm -hmm. if you hired me so all those things they uh, really really matter uh, and uh, Twitter is another great uh, source uh, to get that kind of communication going because you know there's a lot of uh, you know all those UX managers and directors or people yeah. who hire for those positions you just need to um, identify them and you know start the conversation a lot of them will uh, at least you know acknowledge uh, your tweet or your question or your comments uh, and it can be a long term too like it's not yeah. like you uh, reply to a tweet and he says okay shoot me a resume right, uh, right. but uh, if you kind of invest uh, strategically uh, into uh, building that uh, Twitter long-term relationships and networking uh, little by little you can get uh, noticed, especially if you uh, 
provide uh, constructive thoughts and people find it valuable. Uh, so that, that's yeah. also another great uh, vehicle. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's there's something to be said about uh, networking and using the tools that are out there <clears throat> with LinkedIn, with Twitter. Um, I mean, you, you can learn so much too, just by reading, you know, how, how are other people thinking about this? How are other people uh, articulating the, the solution or the problem? Um, and you know, don't be you know, don't be afraid to let people know your thoughts about a, a problem or a solution. Um, I think that some people, and, and myself included, there's a bit of fear, like you're going to sound like an idiot, or you're going to sound like you're not educated, or you're going to sound like um, you're a newbie. Um, that shouldn't matter because it's your it's your opinion, it's your thought based on what you know, and if you can start that conversation like if you say something and it's not quite right somebody's going to be there and say hey what did, did you think about this before you said this or did this and you, you you learn it's it's uh twitter i'm finding is a little bit of a um a learning thing as you see people tweet because they're they're being very succinct in their answers because twitter only allows so many <laughs> characters mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so how you how how succinct you can be in delivering your message or uh, solution is is pretty interesting that's for sure on twitter yeah and uh, like i mentioned uh, on my uh, podcast with uh, libya i don't know if you had a chance to listen to it mm -hmm. uh reading uh, what people say on Twitter and especially reading the comments under those yeah. tweets is so valuable. I mean, first of all, you have one smart person throwing something out there and then you yeah. have a few other smart people uh, jumping on it and adding some constructive comments, whether they fully agree with that and add a little more value, uh, whether they partially agree with that and, you know, um, explain why they partially agree with that or why they completely disagree with that in a respective way. And uh, obviously they have to uh, kind of explain why they are fully disagreeing. And uh, I got to tell you that there are, I wouldn't remember exact uh, examples at this point, but they were once or twice uh, in my um, hiring interviews where they asked me a question about something in terms of the product and mm -hmm. i literally remembered a tweet from one of those smart people you know whether it was jonah tolly or somebody else yeah, uh, yeah. or you know john cutler who said something and then some other person kind of argued with that a little bit so i literally when they asked me this question i literally said well you know you can think about it this way and then i inserted you know the first tweet right yeah but at the same time and then I inserted one of those smart answers to that tweet. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I, I saw the face reaction of the hiring manager or the recruiter, whoever I was talking to. And they were like, wow, you know, I never thought about it this way. But it's like it's it's really deep, you know. Right. <laughs> but it, it, it's so real and it's so powerful. Like I would never come up with things on my own like this uh, unless, you know, maybe many years uh, in the future when I become as smart as those people and I can yeah, have yeah. – uh, a constructive kind of like you know critical mindset like uh, they do and uh, then i can come up spontaneously with thoughts uh, like this of my own but you know using existing uh, pieces of content and fitting them into very specific uh, and uh, applicable situation uh, is you know that kind of 
skill you can develop or it doesn't really require a skill, right? You just kind of need to connect the dots at the right time with the right content pieces. Uh, like yeah. in this example, I literally, you know, they asked me like, so if you were in this situation, what would you do or something? I, I forgot what the question was. And I literally just, you know, well, on one hand, insert tw original tweet, but on the other hand, yeah. insert, insert one of those comments. And, uh, you know, the results were just, you know, magnificent. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, Twitter comments no, I think, I think, cannot be yeah, understood. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, you know, we, it's like design too. Uh, it's the same, it's the same kind of thing where, you, like, innovation isn't the, the, a new thing. It's, it's it's taking maybe two things and combining those things, and that's the new product. It wasn't anything different. It wasn't anything new. They just decided, like, I'm going to take a Post-it, for example. I'm going to take glue and a piece of paper and put them together. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You know what I mean? I, I, that analogy was given to me during that whole project I had back in 2014. I'm like, oh, my God, that's brilliant. Yeah, innovation isn't the new a new idea. It's just coming – it's maybe taking some things from different pieces of things to make something better, you know? And, uh, yeah, you can definitely pull some really good inspiration from these people that have been doing it for a long time. Like, why are we going to try to reinvent the wheel when the wheel's already invented? Right. Let's take what people know and these experts and, and, and their knowledge, the 25, 30, 40 years they've been doing it, and uh, try to insert that into our process, into my process or uh, my way of thinking. Um, because I'm so new that I'm, I might change my mind a few times until I find the right thing that really rings true to me. So um, I, think it's, I think it's great to take people's uh, ideas, not claim them as your own, but just say, hey, I, I've, I've seen this or put it in a way that it's more in your words and your thoughts. But yeah, totally agree with you. Mm-hmm. And uh, speaking of, uh, you know, jobs, I uh, just made a note. Uh, are you following uh, Dan Petty and uh, his uh, epicjobs.co website? No, but I'm going to write it down. Yeah, so uh, it's epicjobs.co and uh, his handle is, I think, Dan Petty, two N's. Dan, uh, he is one of those uh, most awesome people on Twitter oh, cool. who, who just, you know, leaves to help uh, UX designers and, you know, product people uh, to find jobs and, you know, improve their lives and things like that. So he's uh, one of the most humble and, uh, awesome. you know, giving people um, on Twitter. And, uh, yeah, he recently launched that epicjobs.co uh, website, which, you know, from user experience is an absolute masterpiece. Uh, so you can, you know, just sort by all kinds of options. And uh, it's great. mostly for UX designer uh, type of roles. So research and yeah. you know things like that so i'll check that out um i i i found um in my uh brief time in ux how humble and giving the ux community is um it's awesome to see people are just so willing to help you um with any question you have or if you're struggling with something um i see it on twitter all the time now um i see it in linkedin uh people are just there they're mm -hmm. they're present um which is super important for a designer, I think. Just be present, for sure. Yeah, if you approach people, you know, nicely and uh, ask for help, uh, 
people are very happy to help. They, uh, I think we discussed that with Libby too. Uh, people like to feel needed. Uh, it makes them feel, you know, special, and uh, they like to give back. Once they became successful, they have, you know, time and uh, the luxury of uh, spending time on things like that, where you know. I'm not going to spend every minute to make more money, but I can actually, you know, spend time now to help other people. And that's a right. completely different uh, reward for them. Uh, so it's, uh, yeah, you just need to identify those people, follow them, uh, mm -hmm. comment uh, mm -hmm. under their tweets. Uh, sometimes you would ask a question uh, under their tweets or something like that, or, or, you know, just tweet at them with the question and uh, yeah. they will be more than happy to uh reply i out of you know a hundred things that i tweeted at people in the ux community maybe you know 10 percent never returned uh you know the information but uh yeah, that's pretty for, good for the most part yeah it's uh yeah okay um well that's been a great conversation um would you what would be your uh We'll be wrapping up in a minute, but uh, sure. what would be your uh, advice, uh, recommendation to uh, people who are uh, maybe in a situation like you, who are you know transitioning from a different career uh, or just starting as young people uh, in the UX? <clears throat> yeah, I think if, if you're coming out of a, a boot camp or anything like that, um, like a younger student, um, the first thing I'll say is that it, the work is just getting started you're just getting started in it and there's so much work to do um find a mentor and this goes for everybody even transitioning people uh, people coming out of school find a mentor uh as soon as possible but also do your homework on mentors like who do you want how do you respond to feedback how do you want to communicate with this person um are they in a position uh that you'd like to be in in a couple years um are they active on social media? Um, how positive are they? Uh, what kind of work has, have they done? Um, things like that. Um, go to meetups, meet people, reach out to people. Don't be afraid to look um, um, stupid or inferior or anything like that. Um, everybody goes through the imposter syndrome, uh, I've been told. Mm -hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately. yeah yeah um and i think there are some questions i, I read an article uh recently there's some questions you really have to like there's there's a part there's a self-awareness to um ux designers that you have to have and you got to go through this process and one of them i think are, are you curious um do you like to problem solve um do you work well in teams are you driven self-motivated things like that do you manage your time well do you have empathy for people? If you don't have, if you don't have any empathy for people, ah, just you don't, you can't be in this industry. I don't think um, you have to be able to look at what other people go through, how other people think, kind of live in their house a little bit um, to to be comfortable in this industry in UX. Um, yeah, I mean, are you comfortable speaking to people? I work, I've had a lot of retail jobs and actually work part-time at a retail and I've, I've used a lot of UX process in my retail job now that 
people are coming in for a reason, coming into your store for a reason. This could be a CX thing too, a customer experience thing too, but it's, it's in the same realm. Um, ask them questions. They might be coming in for a jacket at a store, but like what kind of activities are they going to be doing with that jacket? Is it everyday wear? Are they going skiing? Are they going to Iceland? Are they going to Alaska? Things like that. You don't want to just hand them products that aren't going to do the job. So you got to do a little bit of research. You got to ask them questions. So being able to approach people and ask them questions and have conversations uh, with them as you know person to person is key. Um, I think uh, in UX and CX things like that. Uh, but yeah, mentor. Ask yourself the right questions and keep moving forward. That's what I got for everybody out there coming into the UX. It's hard. It's super hard. It's harder than I thought. Yeah. Yeah. There's so the market is so uh, there's so many UXers out there and so many UX jobs. People want to get into it for whatever reason. Uh, make sure it's the right reasons, not the paycheck, not the esteem, but for to help people, you know, solve problems, to help people uh, live an easier life. That's my advice. That, that is good advice, and that was a great analogy with uh, asking people in the store uh, what they really need the, you know, the jacket for or whatever they're looking for. So that was a great example. All right. Well, Tom, great story. I'm, uh, I'm really excited that uh, we did that, uh, learned a lot. Um, any uh, last comments before we uh, wrap up? Or uh... No, no, I, I appreciate the time, and I appreciate um... – you know, you bringing on some people that, that are in the junior level just starting out. Um, I, I think it's important for people coming into the industry to um, listen to people that are in that same boat. Um, a lot of times you just see people doing a lot of great things and they want to get there as fast as possible, but there's steps to be taken. And I think that, you know, with uh, you being able to give this platform to, to Libby, myself, and anybody else that's going to be on here, um, an opportunity to speak about their experience and to share that, that, that goes a long way. So I appreciate the time. I appreciate your questions. And uh, yeah, I suggest everybody to listen to your podcast and, and listen to as many people as possible. So yeah, that's all I got. Awesome. Well, thank you. For, thank you for the kind words, Tom. I appreciate yeah. it. All right. Well, we are wrapping that up. Uh, thank you, everybody who uh, tuned in today. Uh, hopefully you find this conversation interesting. I surely enjoyed it. And uh, we will be uh, speaking with you uh, soon. I have another uh, person scheduled for uh, next week. Uh, should be also interesting. But uh, yeah, thank you for uh, tuning in and uh, talk to you soon. 